Welcome, heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, assigned angels. Doing an incredible job. Thank you for being patient with us, kingdom of heaven, as we assimilate out of Calvary into Zion, out of Gethsemane into Eden. And our minds changing from the cross and the crown of thorns to the throne and the crown of life. Amen. So prepare our hearts, prepare our minds for more wine than you can ever imagine, transforming our souls, healing our bodies, lifting us out of every curse of the self-nature into every blessing of the Christ-nature. Glory. Mm. Whoa. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Very intense day of angelic activity, both for hell and much more so for heaven, since we have twice the number of angels. Amen. <laughs> You'll notice that Eden has twice the angels of Gethsemane. Zion has twice the angels of Calvary. And the throne has twice the angels of the cross. They were doing some nasty stuff at the cross, weren't they? If you are the Son of God, come down from there and we'll believe in you. What the heck? Isn't this supposed to be holy, sacred ground? They're straight up blaspheming at the cross to the face of God. <laughs> Whoops. Might have to squirt some blood in that person's mouth. What is it? A drink? of wine thank you father for a drink of wine just calm your senses calm your mind calm your heart and drink the wine of his sacrifice drink the wine of Eden drink the mountain of wine of Calvary I want to paint a crystal clear blueprint right away today of the trail of his blood. You've heard of the trail of tears. This is the trail of wine. Okay, this is Jesus now. <laughs> his whole shedding of blood began in the garden, didn't it? Yes, the Bible says that he was sweating blood. Mmm. The sweat of your brow. And blood came out of his sweat in the pressure of the Garden of Gethsemane. So the blood started pouring, not on the cross, no, 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 in the garden. Then they whipped him. You had blood in the dungeon, Herod's dungeon. You had blood <laughs> all over the place. They beat him everywhere he went. They punched him. <laughs> I mean, it's intoxicating now because it's all glorified. But if you can wrap your mind about his blood and the trail of his blood, this is the trail of wine. This is the trail of joy. 
There ain't one sad thing in the whole situation. Remember the father did this? Why? To save you. The garden is the outer court. The mountain is the inner court. And the cross is the holy place. Come on. Outer court, inner court, holy place. <laughs> Which is all the world of men and women. All the natural realm has already been glorified, but not yet. Meaning, he did it in his natural realm, and as you receive the teaching and understanding of his works, the works of Christ, the garden of Christ, the mountain of Christ, the throne of Christ, all of that becomes your <clears throat> physical reality, becomes your garden, becomes your mountain, and becomes your throne. He's given you a throne. What's it called? Your cross. Is it a bad thing? When you still have a sinful nature, the cross is your worst freaking nightmare. <laughs> it's your worst enemy. People are not wrestling the devil. They're wrestling the cross. The devil only works within the self-life. The self-nature. So the cross doesn't have it. The cross removes it. You're not wrestling Satan. You're wrestling the cross. So we pick up our cross and follow him, which is the constant daily irritation of the removal of the selfish nature that's only thinking about me, myself, and I. And so everyone's at different stages of the cross, appropriately called in the Roman Catholic Church, the stages of the cross. And I'm not about to get into some black sorcery of the black pope or anything like that. I'm just telling you there are stages here, guys, unfolding revelations of Jesus Christ and the greatest revelations are not the water they're not the fire and they're not the oil they're not the wind they are the blood as it is written he has saved the best blood for last and that deals also with the quality of the spirit the quality of the wine the quality of the teaching the quality of the revelation and the experience of the realms of glory that have been opened up and paid for already by the Lamb. Behold the Lamb standing in the midst of the throne. Behold the Lamb who was slain. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What does it mean? The cross. Every reference to Lamb in the Bible refers to the cross. And as you get to know the Lamb and the cross, you get to know the throne. Same thing. What's the difference? It's a progressive revelation by the removing of self from your soul. The clarity of your vision only intensifies as you die to self and live to Christ. And we can't just say, oh, that happened when I was born again. You couldn't be more deceived. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It all happened when I was born again. You know what the Bible says when you're born again is you got a seed. And it's the smallest of the garden plants. So every other plant looks bigger and better than you. <laughs> you got the most pathetic looking seed of all. I mean, he's born in a manger. You're not born in a palace. You're not born in a temple. You're not born in a nice hospital. You're born in a dumpster. That's what it looks like. Hey, if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for your born-again conversion. Hello? 
So people have all these born-again experiences that are something special, but not God and not us, just the false brethren. <laughs> the true are born in a manure pile. Look at Saul. Slain off his donkey, born blind. Born in a heaping mess of flesh, with scales falling off, mucus coming out of his nose. What a disaster the born-again experience truly is. Now the angels are rejoicing because it's clean in the angelic realm of glory. But what it looks like in the natural is always a total mess. <laughs> what does the Bible say? A clean stall is an empty harvest. You're going to get messy. You're going to get messy. Anik in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory. I want to talk today about the mountain of wine. When you hear that, do you have to leave the planet and go into heaven? Most do. That's immaturity. You realize the new earth is a place where people have the revelation of Mount Calvary. See, Mount Calvary is the mountain of wine. Why? His blood was dripping all over Calvary Road. It was a road. It was a path to the top of Golgotha. So he's going from inside of Jerusalem to outside of Jerusalem. That whole way was completely covered. The dungeon had blood in it. <laughs> you got to see this because that's a lot of wine. For a drinker, you're like, I'm, I'm literally salivating right now just even talking about it because I've been drinking his blood for so long. And he's turning up the quality of the blood by revelation. This is supreme intoxication and it gets spicier every day as your whole soul lives in these realms. Don't you want to live in Gethsemane? Don't you want to live in Calvary? Don't you want to live on the cross? Only if you want to be saved. People that say you leave those places and go into some nice happy clappy places have not died with him at all. Completely false, immature at best. Becoming a disciple is learning how to drink the blood of Jesus in all these glory realms. It turns into glory. See, religion blocks us from thinking, oh, it's going to be so painful. It's going to be so hard. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I mean, which gospel are you reading? Oh, what's hard is you still in that body and not forgiven by the drinking of the blood. And by you, I mean Satan, because the self-nature is the delusion of the mind. Self-protection, self-promotion, self-provision is the delusion of the brain. It's called madness. Madness. What did Solomon do to attract the wealth of the world? The Bible tells you if you read Chronicles. Just sacrificed all kinds of livestock and animals. Made a huge bloody mess. And the blood was so extreme. It was the sacrifice of Solomon's bulls that drew the queen of the world, meaning Sheba, into Jerusalem. And what did she bring? $250 million a year into Solomon's financial partnership. Greatest partner of all time. And people are like manifesting like crazy on that one. No, the person with the two... Copper coins is the greatest partner. I tell you what, American, you got a religious demon. <laughs> Nonsense. 
If you understand the wisdom of Shiva, the wisdom of Solomon, you would never mock its wisdom. These are the most amazing revelations of the blood of the Lamb and what they do to the woman in the garden. Eve. It's all about Eve, isn't it? It's all about the woman in Revelation. Like, what about men? Men are born of women. When it says woman, it's speaking in the language called wisdom for the mature that speaks of flesh. Your flesh is woman. Your bones are woman. It's true. They, the apostles always taught those who are born of women. What did Jesus say? Isn't Jesus the ultimate apostle? He said, of all those born of women, John was the greatest. Interesting. Wow. Glory. Born of flesh. <laughs> born of Eve. Now, when you're born again, you're not born of woman, which means you're not in the old covenant. You're born of spirit and water. And the spirit and water are ultimately leading you into the garden of Gethsemane, the mountain of Calvary, and the blood of his cross. Where will the spirit lead you? When the spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. What's the all truth? The blood realms, the blood revelations, the greatest wine for last. Not going to lead you up into outer space. Although I love all the new heavens, but that's not called best wine. That's not best wine. Best wine is Gethsemane, Calvary, and the cross, and this becomes the new earth. See, we are pioneering and forerunning the revelations of the blood that will bring forth the new earth. Do you understand this world was created by words? Do you understand that? that the world you are currently experiencing, everything around you physically, the driving down the road, you understand, in order to drive down the road and to be in that car and to have every single thing in your natural realm requires words. There are layers and layers of words that make up everything. It's all compounded and it's all mixed with what? Spirit, blood, matter, which is what? The stars, the stars and sands. The stars, sands, blood, and water all mixed together makes all the material world. And the spirit world is changing the material world of stars and sands to what? The offspring of Abraham to faith. And faith in the blood will change the natural dimension, the realm of stars, the new heavens, the realm of sands, the new earth. Nothing does that more quickly than the blood of Jesus. So the introduction to the new covenant was a cup of his blood. Here's the deal. Because it is so simple and we are so fallen, we leave the most advanced experience after we're born again. A lot of you had tremendous conversions. You're translated out of darkness into his glorious light, right? And the conversion was radical. You came out of drugs, alcohol, sexual morality. You believed in Jesus. And had awesome conversions. But then what happened? Religion happened. You thought, you know, you've arrived. And what do you do next? Go to church. You get lukewarm. You look for your beloved and you can't find him. You get beat up by the watchman. The whole Song of Solomon experience. 
Until what? You find the best wine. Do you notice that the wisdom of Solomon and wisdom herself is always referred to as wine? That that's the ultimate wisdom of Proverbs, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, all the wisdom literature. Blood, wine, and wisdom are all synonymous of the highest glory realm available. We call it the love glory, but you could be in the love glory and still be in the water. It's true. You could be in the love glory and we progress into the fire. Guess, the, guess what? You go down into the depths of the earth, you're going to have the crust, you're going to have the soil, you're going to have the clay, then you're going to hit the water, and then when you get near the core, you're going to hit fire. We don't settle at fire. Fire is not the final revelation. No, no, no. He didn't save the best fire for last. Hello? You go through the core, you go through the fire into the wine. <laughs> Amen. And the wine is the promised land. That's why it's called the house of wine. That is the seventh level and degree of sanctification. How many times? Refined seven times into pure gold. So the refiner's fire of these realms. You believed in Gethsemane. You were thankful for the pressure of Jesus. You're thankful for Calvary. All these things you believed in, but it's the progression of experience through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit came as a dove, came as water. Then Jesus knew the Holy Spirit as what? Rivers. There is a progression of the Lord Jesus knowing the Holy Spirit. Different levels of ability, different revelation. Jesus grew. Luke chapter 2. He didn't have it all at once. You don't get it all at once. That's nonsense. He grew. Jesus grew. We really, really, really need to grow. Big time. Humble ourselves and grow in Jesus. Jesus is growing in you. You got the seed of Jesus. Now you're learning how to grow. And you'll grow. You can go up like a tender shoot or you can just go up sideways. And oftentimes we get uprooted, don't we? You ever had some good seed uprooted in you? The majority of the seed sown into you has been uprooted, if you're honest with yourself. The majority of all the apostolic highest level glory truth you've received, most people don't let it bear fruit. <clears throat> Jesus said 30, 60, 100 fold. That means... People are going to lose 70%. <laughs> People are going to lose 40%. You got everything in between. People will lose 90%. And then you have the enemy sowing other seeds. And this is all in the realm of your heart. This is learning how to get into the blood realms. Learning how to get into the wine realms. I could talk to you about the mountain of wine. I could talk to you about the garden of wine. I could talk to you about the throne of wine. In the house of wine. I could talk to you about all the wisdom of the ages in the seventh level of wine. What good would it do you if you haven't even gone down in your own heart through your own clay, through your own dirt, through your own crust, through your own water? Oh, hey, we're, gonna, we're not settling that water. You go deeper in water, what is there? 
first in the natural then in the spiritual fire you go into the fire and you're getting there but you keep going through the fire until you're in the blood that's when it becomes the wine that is the deepest well you can tap into is wine that's why wisdom doesn't speak of fire doesn't even speak of water it's just not in the wisdom literature it speaks of blood it speaks of wine so as you learn the scriptures and as you hear the word of God understand you're being sanctified in your soul through your own river of mud first you're in the mud what's that the manger Jesus went through mud didn't he you're gonna go through mud you're gonna be covered in dirt gonna be covered in mud he came inside of mud he was a mud man with us a human being buried in all the dust of the earth just like us buried under all the lowest layers of the earth scripture says and he descended into the lowest regions of the earth of the dirt and of the mud so you'll deal with all of that and then you come into the water and the water will begin to purify and, and now it's not stable now it's water now it's river and so a lot of us have progressed from stable to water just like Jesus as he grew and began to bring the water gospel began to baptize people in water his disciples were winning out baptizing John's disciples he's getting the water gospel he's growing in the water and he's seeing the living waters flow out of his belly he's learning about the Holy Spirit Jesus had to learn you understand that he came in seed form and had to grow to a large tree just like you and me he can relate to every level of growth in this world there's not one thing you'll ever go through that Jesus can't relate to closer than a brother <laughs> you can't say oh you're God you don't know he's already been there done that there's not a single new thing you or I will ever go through in a hundred trillion years Jesus is the pioneer of our salvation meaning someone's already walked this path there is not one thing unique to you or me what's happening is those experiences are becoming progressive revelation as we are yoked to him going through the mud going through the water then going through the fire and entering the realms of wine so ultimately the promised land is bringing people into the realm of wine and if people try to skip the sanctification process they don't really honor and value the wine they don't know how expensive it is you begin to understand the expense of the wine through sanctification <laughs> through a relationship with the Holy Spirit which is the fullness of Jesus Christ you need to understand first and foremost that the coming of the Holy Spirit is the second coming of Christ Christ means Holy Spirit you understand that Jesus was the name of the man that wasn't his last name wasn't Christ he had Joseph's last name do you understand that you need to understand the humanity of Jesus right now and get real so you can be more real he was Jesus the carpenter's son from Nazareth remember that's what they called him when the Holy Ghost came on him in the River Jordan 
he wasn't the carpenter's son anymore. Now he's the son of God. That was the transition. That's called the Holy Spirit. That's how significant the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, meaning you are no longer of the earthly kind. When you receive the Holy Ghost, just like Jesus, he received the Holy Ghost. He was now of the heavenly kind, and then his parents came to take him home. You've lost your mind. And then Jesus had to say, My parents are those who do the will of my Father in heaven, those who have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> because if you want the Holy Spirit dove to remain on your shoulders, you have to understand adoption. That is the fullness of Christ. And you have a name change. Revelation, I will write my name upon their foreheads. What is your last name? Is that what you're perpetuating? The curse of the fall of the human being? You understand that? Are you of the genealogies of men? Or the genealogy of Christ? Of the family of God? Of the royal nation? The royal priesthood? Are you members in particular of his body? Is he not ashamed to call you brothers and sisters? Do you read the Bible? Are we from above or from below? Or both, with mixture, Laodicean lukewarm. Trying to wear the grave clothes of our last name and deny the Holy Spirit, quench and resist the Holy Spirit. So we're never fully adopted and people wonder why we have so many problems. What are you holding on to? These are the things you have to let go to come out of the mud. I want to preach to you and teach to you the revelations of the mountain of wine, but in reality, most of us are fresh out of the manger. Most of us aren't even solidified in the river, in the living water. Almost everyone at the sound of my voice is still coming out of stable ministries. And you get stable in the stable before you get stable in the river. You get stable in the river before you get stable in the fire. And you get stable in the fire before you get stable in the wine, which is the blood. In that order. For every Christian who's ever born again of all time. Because then he saves the best for last, which is what the blood, the wine realm. <laughs> but you, don't, you can't just jump into the wine realm. Why? Because you have to walk the path of Jesus. You have to understand what you are and what he is. The creature can't have intimacy with the Father when the creature is still full of the world. It's just, there's no compatibility. The whole Adamic nature has to be removed in the heart. Did our hearts not burn within us as we walked with them? They already believed in Jesus. You understand? They were already disciples. They were the disciples part of the 72. They'd already done signs, miracles, and wonders. True story. They'd already driven out demons in his name. They came back rejoicing. The issue is they didn't even have the Holy Spirit. They didn't even have the water yet. Totally saved. It wasn't about that. It was about degrees, measurements. Jesus never taught in absolutes. That's a Greek understanding. Jesus is not a Greek. Greek education says all or nothing, black or white, right or wrong. That's not how Jesus taught. Hebrew understanding is measurements. Okay, Jesus said some people had the good seed grown in them and the good wheat and the bad tares grow up together in your hearts. 
The measure you give will be the measure received to you. He said measurements. There's measurements of 30-fold, measurements of 60-fold, measurements of 100-fold. It's all in measurements. You have measurements of mud. Whoever's forgiven much, a measurement is loves much. Luke 7, 47. Do you understand? The mustard seed is measured. What is the angel in Revelation? Measuring stick. Measuring the city. Angels are measuring every single detail in your life. Not a bad thing, only for your benefit. There's not one thing an angel does that's not to benefit you in the kingdom of heaven. And you have way more angels than demons. The issue is, can we understand the gospel and come out of all the lying teaching that causes us to still be influenced by hell? See, Satan is a teacher. He's teaching people all kinds of stuff in the epistles. Paul has to protect every single church. He says, I know after I leave, savage wolves will come in and destroy the flock. False teachers, Judaizers, religious people. He says, I wish they'd go the all way of the circumcision group and emasculate themselves. Cut off their wieners, Paul says in the Bible. Why? Because you're dealing with false teachers and what they're trying to do, put you back into the realm of darkness after you're born again. So how many get put into the realm of darkness after they're born again? All. Oh, not me. Especially you. You're still in darkness. Me too. Everyone. That's part of growth. <laughs> Listen. Righteous man falls seven times. Jesus fell three times. <laughs> you think you're not going to fall? I'm not saying sin. I'm saying fall. I'm saying that it's not always straight up. Sometimes it's down to go up. You're going to fall. And what is it? Righteousness. Falls. So when you fall, it's a promotion of righteousness, but the carnal mind is so deceived who said, I'm just going to beat myself up. I'm doing really bad. The Bible says when you fall, it's because of your righteousness. Hello? I'm not talking about falling like Satan. I'm talking about all of that coming out. When you fall, there's less devils. And when you are restored, Peter, help your brothers, Jesus said. Whoa, look at the boldness at Peter after he fell. It's almost like the Spirit works all things for good for those who love him who are called according to his purpose. Without that fall, there wouldn't be an understanding of his total necessity on the Holy Spirit. He goes from denying him and then a few weeks later enthroned on Jerusalem as a king, receiving thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars in tithes and offerings from the church of Jerusalem as king of the Jews. This is the rock, Peter, on which I'll build my church. Peter means rock. So it's the man, Peter, the anointed man, Peter, the friend of Jesus. Hello? There was such a power exuding from him that if you lied to him, you were lying to the Holy Spirit, the book of Acts says. How can you go from denying him, betraying him, and just being a total joker to being an enthroned king of glory in just a few weeks. Oh, because the righteous man falls. That was part of the growth in his righteousness. What was falling out of him as he was falling was devils. Remember when he stood up and said, Oh Lord, you should not go to the cross. Jesus said, Get behind me, Satan. Do you think that devil was gone until he fell? That fall was the removal of that devil. 
So when you're falling, you're removing your own devils. I'm not saying go out and sin. I'm saying understand the process from the scriptures so you can keep going. Peter did it. Hello? I mean, look at Paul. Saul of Tarsus spent 14 plus 3 years in Arabia of falling. <laughs> you could say Saul fell 10,000 times before he was Paul. That's what it took for the grave clothes to be burned off of him. That's what it took for all the dead letter to become the Rhema, 19 epistles of Paul, three quarters of the New Testament. My God, get the whole thing memorized in the brain. It had to what? Fall into his heart and become seed. And he had the most revelation of anyone. I mean, the ones that hung out with Jesus didn't have half the revelation of Paul. It's like crazy. Who is this super apostle? You know what it was? He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He had all that word in his head. And even though he was a serial killer because of so much religion in his brain, when he fell, what happened? Went into his heart. Humility. He restored his brothers. He's restoring Peter again when he's played the hypocrite. It's only ministering to the Jews and not the Gentiles, even after Cornelius's house. Oh, my gosh. You're telling me the ones that have fallen the most are the most powerful in grace? No, the Bible's telling you that. If you pretend like you're not falling, you have no grace in your ministry. You're a total fake, phony, and fraud. Your righteousness is still filthy rags because the righteousness of Christ falls. He fell on Calvary. And if God falls, you fall. I saw Satan fall like lightning so the lightning descended which was god in order for the devil to be kicked down so you're falling with the devils all the time buddy and that's wonderful i love it it's called growing up <laughs> as you grow up all kinds of stuff goes down and falls all the time and unless a seed falls to the ground and dies it can bear no fruit and so understanding all these realms of revelation and all this wisdom of experience will help you come into the realms of blood today. These are the stepping stones to being fortified as crosses, which is sources of wine, sources of blood, in the house of blood, which is the house of wine. See, when you think blood, you need to think glory. People think, oh, I was going to hurt, cut myself, and razor blades and guillotines couldn't be further from the truth that's the religious devil trying to cut you off from wisdom when we were immature we spoke like fools we had no language to communicate the things of the holy spirit but there is a language spoken amongst the mature paul calls it wisdom wisdom interprets everything through the creator's eyes and the creator's blood so wisdom is blood it's living in the divine blood so the old covenant fulfillment was in the blood of bulls sheep goats rams doves hallelujah and they still came into the realms of glory so significantly by the animal blood by the levitical prescription that they lived in the glory cloud that the cloud of glory was so strong because of the blood sacrifice of solomon that silver had no value. Hello? Is that a type and shadow of people understanding the blood of Jesus a lot more better than this? 
<laughs> people that are actually starting to maybe drink his blood drink the blood of Gethsemane until it turns into the Garden of Eden drink the blood of Calvary every place it dropped is a realm a glory realm you need to understand the blood realms are glory realms and you can live in those realms when you learn to drink his blood what does it take faith what is the Holy Spirit called the spirit of faith the spirit of believing since the Holy Spirit led Jesus, of course, obviously right now, he's trying to lead you into the same quality of life. Problem is, we're scared because we've been told Gethsemane, Calvary, and the cross hurt. It's going to hurt me. It's going to kill me. It will hurt only your sin. It'll hurt only your demons. It will hurt only your curses. It will hurt only the kingdom of hell. It'll hurt only your pride which is why most people don't progress at all. It'll hurt your lust, which is another main reason why no one goes any deeper. And it will hurt sin. It will hurt all that is in the world. Isn't that amazing? Satan's coming, but he has nothing in me, but I'm still spilling blood. Why? The father had to leave the trail of wine. It was the only way for the Garden of Gethsemane to be turned into the Garden of Eden as if the blood started in the garden didn't have to he did it for you jesus is the pioneer of salvation every place what does the bible say in hebrews chapter 9 by the sprinkling of the blood isn't that interesting that it uses the term sprinkling that has always irritated me because i'm like sprinkling ain't enough he sprinkled until he got speared so the sprinkling started in the sweating that's just a sprinkle Calvary was a sprinkle. Cat of nine tails. I mean, it starts to sprinkle out the back. But when it starts flowing like a river is at the cross, these are different realms. So when you enter Gethsemane, it's still an area of the sprinkling of the blood. That's the outer court of heaven. When you enter Calvary, it's raining the blood. <laughs> Trickling the blood. But when you come to the cross or the throne is where the waters are the, are the strongest revelation 22 blood and water poured out that is where the force the torrent of the blood is the strongest so it's different measurements so in hebrews chapter 9 says it only takes the sprinkling for the purging of the conscience that means just to enter back into the garden of eden through the gates of the flashing sword and the cherubim of the glory when you start to learn how to drink the sprinkling you start to do the ascending up the mountain of wine. And some of you have been drinking long enough that you are here and ready for this now. And that's very important because we need leaders in these realms. We need to have your souls like tent pegs positioned strategically in your cities that you're listening right now to have the same sonship level revelations of the best wine, the blood of Jesus for last. Because our overlapping revelations at these levels will create a Solomon experience of Israel where silver was worthless. Why? Because of so much blood revelation. A blood of a thousand bulls. He has not allowed one single person to kill a thousand bulls. You understand that? He's raised up from the very beginning in 2006. He says, Gideon's 300. I want 300 that can sacrifice the thousand bull offering, which means come into the blood realms of Revelation. Come into the wine realms, Gethsemane, the garden of wine. 
Calvary, the mountain of wine, and the cross, the throne of wine, the throne of the house of wine is the cross of his blood. And so I need 300 drinkers. Of course, we're going to start drinking the oil. We've been drinking the fire, but drinking living water. And yes, we've been drinking wine. But as you progressively drink, the experience gets more and more renewed in your mind. And it produces a different atmosphere over regions. So anyone who's been drinking in the whole world has been practicing apostolic Christianity. They've been enculturating the earth with what? The life of heaven. Say, I'm the way, the truth, and life, Jesus said, and it's only in the blood. Different measurements of the blood, different measurements of enculturation, different measurements of resistance. Not everyone has principalities assigned to stop their ministries. It's actually kind of rare. Some people just have a throne, a power, or a little dominion. It's all about the threat of your ability to receive the blood, which is to change into his life from your life, to change from animal into angel, blood angel. <laughs> there are no angels more powerful than the angels of the blood of Jesus, the angels of the cross, the angel of the garden of Gethsemane, and the angel of the mountain of Calvary. Matthew 27. Read it right now. Just a couple of verses help solidify your minds and anchor them into the blood of Jesus in your heart. Matthew 27, 33. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, Calvary, which means the place of the skull. Mark 15, 22. And they led him to Golgotha in Latin, Calvary, meaning the place of the skull. Luke 23, 33. And when they came to the place which is called the skull, Calvary, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Hebrews 13.13 13. Let us then go forth from all that would prevent us to him outside the camp at Calvary, bearing the contempt and abuse and the shame with him. So we're going to the skull. We're going to Calvary in the way of the Lord. We're going to the cup of wine. The cup of the new covenant is actually the skull when you defeat your ancient enemies you drink out of their skull who's the enemy satan defeated at the place of the skull god the father is still drinking out of the skull of his enemies see in every apostle that's really truly been an apostle has died on the cross that's the only thing that gives you an apostolic witness whatsoever is the measure of his blood that's coming through your bones and brains and hearts that's the energy of life that's the river of life without that witness it's all false and fake so what I've been seeing is the father drinking the skull of Jerusalem for everyone that climbs Calvary it's all refined it's all wisdom it's all spirit but it's all your sacrifice coming into the same realms as Jesus Christ by drinking his blood and you come in here and then the world will try to pull you out so that your faith is unstable so what is the body of Christ coming into the perfection of faith what is the perfection of faith that your brain is only experiencing the garden of wine the mountain of wine and the throne of wine so when his blood started to be released from sweat was the beginning of the formation of your promised land do you understand that the promised land is in the blood it's in the wine 
Song of Solomon. He transported me into the house of wine, which is the blood of the Lamb. The fountain of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb. The Spirit and the Bride say, come and drink. What? What are you drinking? The cross. <laughs> and you keep drinking. And you keep changing. Keep transforming. Rearranging. Everything in your life that is cursed and fallen is washed away and forgiven by your brain being anchored into the promised land of his blood. And then the Father will taste your fruit. What does the Bible say? The Father is a vine dresser. So the dressing of the vine, of the winemaker of God the Father, is how to mix your heart with the heart of Jesus. He makes mixed wine. Proverbs 9. Wisdom, you could say, that's God the Father, is mixing your bloodlines with the bloodlines of Jesus. Oh, a dominant bloodline, much stronger than all of your bloodlines put together times 10 trillion. Oh, I come from a great family. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't care if you're the uh, Duke of Wellington or what royal bloodline you come from. It's pathetic. I mean, there doesn't exist good bloodlines. Only the blood of Jesus. Only the mixed wine, the mixed blood. Only the mixing of your hearts and your DNA with Jesus. And your brain will start to experience that realm. And your brain is progressively being renewed by the changing of your blood. What changes your blood? The writing of the Word of God upon the tablet of your hearts. And then what do we do as apostolic ministry? We give stone tablets or we give blood tablets. Old covenant written on stone. Dead letter that kills. Killed them all in the desert. Four million died because of the stone tablets. Tried to transfer stone to stone. Didn't work too well because the brain cannot work it. Can't calculate it. Brain is a stone. You can't transfer brain to brain. You'd only transfer blood to blood, heart to heart, mixed wine. So you transfer the words of God written on your heart as blood tablets, words soaked in wine, wine words. Words full of wine, wine tablets, tablets of wine with the words of love written on it, transferred into your hearts, and the fire of God is written on the blood. That's why you need the core of the earth, the magma. You need that last season's fire in order to write in the blood. So that everything you've gone through in your life is the progressive wisdom of the writing of the living epistle that is read of all men and women around you all the time. They are just reading whatever your blood is written on. You understand that? They're not reading your brain. This ain't stone tablet, old covenant, fake falsehood. Gone. That's long gone. They are reading your blood. There isn't a man, woman, and child on this planet right now that's not reading your blood. So when your blood gets real and your blood gets mixed, they will read the better word. <laughs> they will read the word of his grace and it will give them the inheritance that's set apart for those who are sanctified. <laughs> They will begin to read the living epistles. You want to be an, a witness? You want to be an evangelist? You need to drink his blood until your blood is read by the men and women you want to save. You can't save a person. You couldn't save a person no matter how much you memorize the Bible. Your brain is not capable of salvation. Otherwise, we wouldn't have needed a new covenant because that was the old covenant. But the blood saves, doesn't it? Paul said that he had grown to a place of being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice of God. What's the, the a blood offering? Paul, what about the blood of Jesus? Only Jesus. No, it's mixed wine. 
What's the new covenant? Day one salvation? You drink his blood? Why? My blood's good enough. No, it's not. Your blood has to change. Your blood has to speak a better word. Becoming a living epistle is your blood transfusion, and in the blood is every word of God. Heaven and earth will fade away, but the word of God remains forever. But what is the carrier of the word? What does the Father live in, the house of wine, the house of the blood of the Lamb? What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of the Lamb, the Lamb on the throne. How do you know the cross is the throne? Because the Bible tells you, Lamb on the throne. The sacrificial lamb, the reference, understand wisdom now, speaks of only the cross. The terminology lamb only refers to the cross every time in the New Testament. There's over 300 names for Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation. Lamb is only a reference to the sacrifice of his sin offering for the world. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's the blood of his cross. This, my friends, is what receives glory honor, thanks, praise, wisdom, riches, dominion, might, and power. Where? To the Lamb on the throne, meaning to those who are on the cross, on the throne. The overcomers are on the throne. The overcomers are on the cross. There will be no transfer of wealth except those who are co-crucified with Christ, not in the fire realm, not in the water realm. You can see the reaction. The water realm ain't enough in the blood realm because in it is the lamb on the throne it's not the lion on the throne why because it's not the fire realm it's not the eagle on the throne it's not the water realm it's the lamb it's the blood realm this is the realm of transfer where the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous only in the blood realm the wine realm why because it's the most power it's the place of his power. It's the place of the full understanding of God the Father's unconditional love pouring out of you because you've paid a sacrificial price to release rivers of your own blood. You've sacrificed your own blood. It's not a painful process. This is divine dialysis. These angels under Archangel Raphael are very highly skilled to change you. Everything in you, constantly changing. Metamorphosized is the Greek word change. What's the highest rapture? C-H-A-N-G-E. Simple as it gets. Changing. Changing your blood. Changing your heart. Changing your brain, your mind. You're transfigured by changing. Romans 12, 2. Change. And change where? By believing the word and letting it be written on your heart, becoming epistles for everyone to read your blood. I don't give a care about what's written on your brain. All of that is as fake and false as it gets. That's still solitarsis, serial killer realms. Don't even speak to us out of your brain. Everything you say is false, no matter how fake and factual you think it's true. Only when it's written on your heart is it real. Again, when you are born, you are a spirit. There's a flash of light. Every scientist knows this. There's a flash, a bang of light. When the egg and sperm meet, you are conceived in your mother's womb. Bang! Flash of light. Then the heart is wrapped around your spirit. Your spirit came in first with a flash of light. Then the heart was wrapped around your spirit. Then the first thing formed out of the heart are your ears, listening to words to see what you be formed into. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Those are the words that put you back before conception, before you were formed 
in a fallen body to live as spirit beings that have souls that are transfiguring their bodies by the word of God that is pre-you, pre-your birth date, pre-AD, pre-BC, pre-all time, outside of time, in eternity, eternity past, eternity future, eternity of the eternities is called in scripture. I mean, this is wisdom of God the Father whose word is in the heavens and remains forever that is totally transforming your entire makeup, changing you. This is the preaching of the gospel. You could call it the thunders, the seven thunders. Now, when we say seven thunders, we think high-level prophetic revelation. You need to think the cross. Remember, at his cross, there were thunders, lightnings, earthquakes. So the thunders and lightnings of the revelation of Jesus Christ are around his throne. And who's on the throne? The Lamb, which means the cross. You want to walk in the seven thunders? You want to walk in the seven lightnings? You want to walk in the seven earthquakes? Climb Calvary by drinking his blood everywhere it's been sprinkled in the realm of the Spirit. And the thunder and the lightning and the earthquaking of Jesus Christ will be even greater in your life than it was in Jesus's because he ascended to the Father. You have greater power. Greater works will you do because I'm going to the Father. John 14, 12. Amen. That's right. That's the power in the blood. It's the transfer of the divine nature. True. You want someone's power, you drink their blood. Oldest understanding of occult activity in the world. What happens when you drink God's blood? Oh my gosh, keep drinking it. My disciples are only those who drink my blood. Jesus said you can only be saved if there's the power transfer of my blood into your heart. You will live from someone else's heart. You will live from your mom and dad's heart until another bloodline comes into your heart. Jesus, come into my heart. What are you asking? For a different genealogy. <laughs> no longer serving mother and father. Now serving the father of angels, the father of lights. The Father of glory, the Father of spirits. Now being adopted into the heavenly race of beings that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper. Angels were over creation as well. <laughs> Even the animals were here before man and woman, Genesis says. Isn't that wild? So the animal has dominion over the fallen man and woman, doesn't it? What is it? The flesh. God allowed animals to predate Adam and Eve. Why? So that the foolishness of the carnal mind would be exceedingly foolish like a baboon. Even a baboon is having a better time <laughs> than an unbeliever. <laughs> They're having fun. They're in, they're in banana heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> but the saddest, sickest person in the world is the unbeliever. Because they're worse off than the animals, because the animals predated them. So if you, you go pre-animal, you fall lower than the animals when you fall in unbelief. It's true. You're actually scared of animals. You're scared of the chief of the beasts of all the field. You're scared of flesh and blood. You come from the realm of archangels, and now you're scared of a six-foot being of dirt? You gotta have fallen heart. But there's demons in that dirt. Satan was given the dust of the earth 
to eat all the days of his life. That's why he only lives in human flesh. Always have, won't always be. When we wake up from the manger, the place of the dirt, the place of the demons, and we go into the water, and we go into the fire, and then we go into the blood. Now we're tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Now we're learning the ways of the Lord, the path of the Lord. That's what they called Christianity, the way. These are all the same ways Jesus walked through. Most of us are still barely out of the manger, still in the manger, still in the realm of dirt. Still surrounded by the animals, aren't we? You dealing with animal stuff? Dealing with beast stuff? Dealing with terrible uncleanness all the time? Wow. You're in the manger. At least you're saved. I'm just saying, there are realms so deep to explore and go as you're progressively sanctified. You can't even imagine, even if you're told. This is the best God can do for you as you walk along the way, is let the word burn in your heart to keep taking your brain into deeper realms. This is the maximum help that heaven can, get, can give to you, is the teaching of the way of the Lord. You have to take your own brain down. Where? Into the blood. Through your own mud, through your own water, through your own fire, through your own earth. These are things of the earth, and you have an earthen vessel that's being changed in a twinkling of an eye, which is progressive revelation. Every time you receive revelation of the way of the Lord and actually take your brain, which is being doers of the word and not just hearers, your eye twinkles a little brighter until the twinkling is revelation one, flashing fire. Eyes of flashing fire. What's behind those eyes? The soul of Jesus is pure glory. That's the bright morning star with flesh on. Still in the flesh. But you know what's wonderful? He can leave his flesh. He's not bound in the flesh. He's out of the flesh, no longer in it. He's still got a body. His body is stationed on the throne 24-7, man. <laughs> he doesn't get up. You've encountered him as the angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. He's got the piercings in angel form too, so you can know it's not an angel sent to deceive you. Glory. Amen. And you're learning how to come out of the flesh. You're learning how to be fully angelic, blood angels. That's very important that you mix the angelic with the blood. Otherwise, you'll be around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that what has no blood on it, so it has to be drunk on the blood of the saints to totally fake it. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of knowledge that Eve ate from and Adam ate from and died, has no blood in it, has no life in it. There's no sacrifice in it. It's just selfishness, take, 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 me, 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 never gives, never, there's no sacrifice, there's no Gethsemane, there's no Calvary, there's no cross. That fake false Christianity will be thrown in the lake of fire. That's an abomination. That's the gospel of fallen angels. A gospel with no wine, a gospel with no blood. They might analyze it, talk about it. Yeah, you know, here's some little Welch's grape juice. But are you experiencing the sprinkling? of Gethsemane, the sprinkling of Calvary, and the river of the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. Mm. I'm drinking so much blood as I'm preaching this to you. <laughs> I think I was burping blood yesterday. So much drinking. <laughs> Belch's blood juice instead of Welch's grape juice because we're drinking the blood of the Lamb. 
<laughs> you know, you want some communion? It's like, <clears throat> and just rivers of blood of Jesus come out. There you go. Drink that. Hallelujah. It'd be better off than Welch's grape juice. It's true. Because why? A living epistle read of all men. Experience my blood. If you come around someone that's walking in tremendous glory, you know you're only experiencing Jesus in their blood. You know, blood is congealed light. So you're, feel, you're experiencing the Shekinah glory light because their blood is totally mixed with his blood through Gethsemane, Calvary, and the cross. You want to walk in the glory of God? All you got to do is completely sacrifice everything every day and give up everything that has no blood in it, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Every selfish, deceiving, lying thing in you has to be drunk away. And when you come up against some stuff that is really nasty of the kingdom of hell and you start frothing at the mouth at Joel's bar, you don't know where that came from. It's like, man, I was so good last season. This season's so hard. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Have a drink. You're not going to make it. You're being destroyed and annihilated by the blood. Annihilation is one of the earlier stages, stages of sanctification. Most people don't go into annihilation. Have you been annihilated? Remember when you used to get drunk on alcohol? I'm going to get annihilated on Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> on Pabst Blue Ribbon, 24-pack for $4.99. I'm going to get annihilated. Okay, so get annihilated on the blood. Annihilation on the fire, on the water, on the blood, on the wind, on the Holy Ghost is the beginning stages of sanctification. When you start to get annihilated, that's the only way you can go forward in the annihilation of Calvary. It's a whole mountain of your death. It's a whole garden of your death. Nothing's going to make it of the kingdom of hell. And that's what we want. And at first, it very much irritates. Later on, it very much intoxicates. You know, we say that all the time. But now you're actually coming into the garden of what? Death to self, which is Eden. You realize you're only experiencing Eden to the measure you've died. So the garden of Gethsemane turns into Eden as you drink the sprinkling of the sweat of his blood in that place. All the external pressure of the garden is God. And we're like, get behind me, Satan. You're telling the angels and the Holy Spirit to get behind you every day. You're only wrestling your own cross. You're only fighting God. Remember, Satan is God's devil. Hello. Satan had to go to God and Job for permission to test you. It's not the devil. It's God. And so we do spiritual warfare mostly against God when we're infants in Christ. And you know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you stop doing spiritual warfare against the Holy Spirit and actually start to drink his blood, you're like, whoa, that was just my sanctification. Now Gethsemane is starting to turn into a place of bliss. Gethsemane is starting to turn into the Garden of Eden. So what appeared to be your death in the enemy actually turns into your Savior. That's why later on you'll understand. Remember? Peter's like, no, that should never happen to you, Lord. It appeared as something terrible when it's like the Garden of Eden. You understand? Peter's rebuking the Garden of Eden. Don't you dare go to the cross. He's like, don't you dare go to the throne of God the Father. Don't you dare open up the realm of heaven on earth. See, the carnal mind comprehends not the things of the Spirit, nor can it. It can only go into the death by the drinking of the blood, by the application of the pressure of Gethsemane and the walking of Calvary of carrying your cross and following him every day and as you're carrying his cross guess what you're doing you're drinking every place that he spilled blood 
What does he say? Drink this blood whenever you remember me. What are you remembering? The stages of the cross. Where was the blood spilt? He wants you to remember the blood. And the only places the Bible say the blood was spilt is not in his youth, not in his ministry, only in the stages of his cross because that turns into the new heavens and the new earth. That turns into the promised land of the house of wine. All teaching leads to the cross. All red letters, all revelation, all the epistles, all the prophets, priests, kings, judges of the whole Old Testament, all lead you where? To the throne. I will send the paraclete, the helper, the one called alongside to help you, and he will lead you to Jesus. He will lead you to the lamb on the throne. He will lead you to the cross. All revelation leads you to the cross, but it starts in the garden. And each realm progressively unfolds as you drink his blood. Until you've drunk so much that, guess what? You are baptized in the baptism of wine. And in the baptism of the wine of Christ, we have produced the tabernacle of David. This is Solomon's kingdom 3.0 is what we're calling it. Solomon 3.0. This is heaven on earth. This isn't the type and shadow of Solomon. You know, I I say Jesus' day was Solomon 2.0 because he said one greater than Solomon's here. So we're going to have to say the progressive revelation of 2,000 years of unfolding the revelations of the blood is Solomon 3.0, which is what it accurately is. And so this is the new earth, and this is the great awakening of the end times of everyone led by every event, everything that's ever happened in their life, every dream during the sleep time at night, every conversation of the day, it all leads to the throne. It all leads to the blood of his cross. And that's what's going to happen when you be lifted up. I will draw the nations to the cross company which is throne room company. We've been talking about throne room glory for a decade, 20, 30 years. Oh, we're in the throne room glory. You've never seen the throne like this. That's why you've never had the great harvest. And now you will. It's the greatest realm that's reserved for last. It's the realm that conquers the nations. It's the Revelation chapter 7. There's the lamb on the throne and every nation, tribe, and tongue surrounding it. Why? People started drinking the blood and they manifested the garden of gethsemane into the garden of eden it's no longer scary it's no longer blocked by religious demons it's no longer veiled in darkness which is a lack of understanding it's now revelatory and experienced by everyone in the flesh so that the real christians that have glorified gethsemane calvary and the cross will release the greatest sweetest best wine for everyone that has breath in the whole earth to breathe, which is drink. Let everything that has breath breathe. Gethsemane, the Garden of Eden, Calvary, Mount Zion, and the cross, the throne of Jesus Christ, and be totally glorified in the goodness and the love of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let it change your minds. Let it change your bones. Let it heal every sickness and disease. Let it destroy every wall of division. All pride and all lust, all death be swallowed up in the victory of the blood of the Lamb and the champions of the cross in Jesus' mighty name. Bless you guys. If you want to support this ministry, give generously at redlettermin.com and be blessed. We will see you Tuesday. Amen.